Hello, it's Dave here. I'm with my wife, Cathy. Hello. It's, uh, what is it, five past six again? Yeah, so we said last week that we weren't going to get up early again to watch Game of Thrones, and then Dave made plans after work tonight. Yeah, well, I, I did, there's only so many days. Yes. Early, so <laughs> so we're up again early. It's very early. Uh, Cathy is insisting that we record this out in the garden to try and wake me up. To wake I, you apparently up. Apparently I sound uh, terribly tired yes, at 6am. Uh, but I'm doing my best here. What's the name of this episode? It's called The Queen's Justice, Season 7, Episode 3. So that's a really good title. Ooh. I hope it means Cersei and she's going to do some bad shit. It probably does mean Cersei. Yeah. Because she is the queen. She is the queen. Yeah. But then it could mean Daenerys. She's the queen of dragons. It could she's mean Daenerys. The mother, or is she the mother of dragons? She's some both, I think. She's got so many names, <laughs> yeah. I forget to say. Um, so yeah, let's go. Um, and this one's written by Weiss and Benioff. Mm-hmm. I know that because um, we you we just insisted on skipping the credits and pausing on their names. Well, I told Dave uh, if we're going to get up at six in the morning and it's his fault, we ain't watching no credits. Yeah, but what's better to wake you up than do 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 do? Game of Thrones season seven episode three. We are walking to the train. We've got a, a very minutes. tight twenty five minutes <laughs> yes. to wrap all this stuff. That was a really eventful episode. It was so good. I kept thinking, oh, it's going to end now. Oh, it's going to end now, and it just didn't. It just it was like the gift that kept on giving. So many high points. So and uh, you know what? I'm loving we wrote this. Down so many notes. I know. I'm loving this seven season arc because. Seven episodes. Seven, seven episode arc. Sorry, they're basically packing everything in. Like the episodes are so good. Everything is very condensed. Uh, there's no traveling time. There's no like. I basically, know. this episode starts with um, John arriving at Dragonstone. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah. The wind was on our backs. It was great. So like last, epi- <laughs> we got oh, it real easy. <laughs> last episode. Well, last episode was. Uh, do you know what? We should invite Jon Snow here. Send a raven. Next scene. Hey, we had a raven. In uh, an do old you series, to that would have taken like Absolutely. two seasons. Next, next episode, he's there. Yeah. Yeah, that would have. <laughs> that, that's a long distance. So anyway, we'll get. We'll do Jon's Tyrion's and Daenerys's plot first. Um, I loved when Jon arrived and him and Tyrion like greeted each other like old friends. Yeah, which is a, a little bit, um, a little bit much. I mean, they met like what twice. Yeah, but I if guess you're living very, in Game of Thrones, amiable. if you're living in Game of Thrones where everyone dies all the time, to actually meet someone who you kind of liked a couple of years ago and they're still alive, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, you've got a few scars," and they take John's sword. Was that his special sword? That, uh, yeah, I think so. That was his dragon glass hmm. sword. He gave it up quite easy. Um, and then I thought it was really funny when Davos and Melisandre he started being like. Ooh, what's that accent? I don't recognise it. And then she told him where she was from, and he's like, "Ooh, the weather's nice there, isn't it?" And she's like, "What is this? What was he doing? I she's didn't know what he was had... doing. Either. Was he flirting with her? No, I think or he was just being polite. Small talk. But she's just never made small talk in her life, and she was so bemused. It was the kind of conversation we would just have if we met someone and we were being polite, basically. Right. So I did enjoy is that, that. What was happening? I thought maybe he was kind of testing her, because then he says at the end of that to John, he says, uh, "Oh, um, you know, things have changed around here." <laughs> I don't know what he meant And then um, Tyrion <laughs> People were better at small talk before We've so much to get through in 25 minutes Okay go on Tyrion asks about Sansa And just goes Oh by the way we never consummated our marriage It's like okay that's a bit inappropriate He goes A sham marriage <laughs> And then he says 
he makes a joke about how um, he's always drunk and John just does not laugh because John will never laugh. Yeah. John's not having it. Well, I mean, if I met my brother-in-law and he, uh, shout out to John, and he was like, uh, oh, how's uh, how's your sister doing? Sham marriage. <laughs> yeah, I'm mean, always drunk. I mean, I'm pretty sure John would have guessed. Um, and then the dragons show off and like fly overhead and Tyrion's like, you never get used to that. <laughs> then we go to the Red Witch and Varys, which we'll, let's just skip through. Basically, she says, I brought ice and fire together. It would be a distraction if I stayed. No reason to explain what I've done to Jon Snow. Anne and I will return at or last. Or what he did to um, to Davos's oh best God, friend. Oh God, I know. Um, that poor little girl. I have to die here, just like you. And Varys is like, ooh, prophecy. <laughs> and that's the end of that scene. Did you just prophesize <laughs> me, bitch? Then the throne uh, room. Now, this is kind of one of the most important scenes of the episode. How did you think it went? I thought, well, up to this point, I thought a lot of the dialogue was weird and stilted. Even in that scene with Melisandre and Varys, it felt like, it feels like, I've never read the books, but it feels like a lot of the best dialogue must have been in the books. And now that they're just, the writing has <laughs> suffered a little but bit. To be fair That's, to them, there's so much plot to condense into these tiny scenes. I know, but it was very much like, again, it felt like recapping. It was like a... How's your sister? I married her. Do you remember? It was a sham. Um, what did you think of her throne? It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's very. Uh, it's like very modern. Yeah, uh, it was very. Twenty first century. Very interesting. Uh, it feels like very sort of like dark IKEA. And did you Imagine feel? If you walked like... into a section of IKEA and there was uh, just yeah, this whole throne a like section. Did you? Did you have a moment of being excited when you walked into the room? I have to say I didn't because I'd already seen it promoted. So I was like. I've seen him walking. I don't know. I thought I've seen him. I thought this scene was great. Any any problem I'd had with the dialogue up to this point was kind of quelled. Um, Well, what about this dialogue? I enjoyed watching them sort of. (laughs) What about this dialogue? You stand in the presence of Daenerys Stormborn of House of Targaryen, rightful heir to the Iron Throne, rightful queen of the Andals, and the first men, protector of the Seven Kingdoms, the mother of dragons, the Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, the unburnt, the breaker of chains. Now, I think yeah, at this point, um, she needs to get over herself. That was my overwhelming feeling from this scene. It was like, and I just really like the way John's like, you're only queen because of your father. And, and that's his perception. And all this showboating from her does not tell him anything. When in fact, what she should have opened with is, I freed slaves because I care about people. Oh, like that this was in there somewhere. That was one of her names. Yeah, but Freer of unbreaker of chains. Or and something. she's just, and they go, this is Jon Snow, he's <laughs> king of the north. And she's being really rude. She's like, in perpetuity, your um, forefathers swore to mine. So she brings forefathers up. And she's like, Tyrion, remind me what in perpetuity means. Yeah, she's just being means. a dick, basically. And then he says, well then, your father burnt my grandfather and my uncle alive. She's like, oh, forget about that. Please, please give forgiveness for that. So she expects forgiveness for her father's actions, but expects him to swear fealty based on something one of his ancestors yeah. did. So she's got complete double standards. She's like, Look, I'm really sorry about what my dad did <laughs> to your entire family, uh, but do you mind bending the knee? Yeah, and she's, I am the last Targaryen. I'm like, I don't think so. What? Oh. Um, and Who'd then he's like, the, I don't understand monarchies, right? Who'd have the claim to the throne from the Targaryen side? Well, he's a bastard either way. He's a bastard. In the, I'm using that in the context oh, of Game of Thrones. Oh, he's so. still a bastard. Um, oh. But he says, look, you're better than Cersei, but we're all children playing a game. And she's like, you're calling me a child? And Tyrion's like, I believe he's calling all of us children, like, shut up, Daenerys. I like that line. Yeah. Um, did you think that John, this, uh, you know, when they list off her 
all her titles and then Davos goes this is Jon Snow like did you think that was such an obvious gag no because then actually he's king of the north I Davos, do like Davos he's amazing Davos starts defending Jon and she does say look she actually I think she realises that she's made a bit of a fool of herself because she steps down and starts actually addressing him and says so many men have tried to kill me I don't remember their names but I have faith in myself Daenerys it's like okay we get it we know your name and he's like, I'd love it if at that stage she had listed off all her titles again, again. And he's I have like, faith in myself Daenerys Stormborn Queen of the Dragons <laughs> Unburned like, and Breaker of Chains um, and then what would your he's name, like fine what would your name be, be if you had uh, all those titles Dave we've got 15 minutes left to recap this episode <laughs> he's like you'll be ruling Kathy, over a graveyard Usher of podcasts and, jo- and Davos stands up and says well it doesn't matter whose um, skeleton sits on the throne um, you know like get over yourself basically and then John says your claim to the throne rests entirely on your father's name this like, you are an open rebellion I just thought I was like you're playing this all wrong Daenerys but she does redeem herself um, and then she finds out that he says am I your prisoner she's like not yet and he goes off and she finds out that the Dorans and Greyjoys have been captured so then the next scene was yeah from with some whispering from Varys with some whispering John and Tyrion this on the cliff which you basically said you, was the last Jedi not, did you not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we took a we took a picture of there's a shot uh, there's a shot in this a really wide sort of helicopter shot of uh, of John and um, Tyrion on the side of a cliff and that is from the last Jedi it was sure. just directly it was the, I thought this would have been shot in Ireland it looks like it but you're I've saying I've heard it it's northern Spain, Spain so I don't know. And That's where I like the way the dragon stone stuff. Tyrion says, "You look a lot better brooding than I do," which is quite yeah, that was fun. A good line. And John again does not laugh. John's having none of it. John is incapable of laughing, especially when he's brooding. Yeah, and don't interrupt just, my brooding. He's like, man. "Why didn't you believe me about the White Walkers?" And Tyrion's like, "Listen, mate, you you need to come up. Like, don't just come and ask for us to defeat an army of the undead. Like, ask for something small." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, Tyrion's yeah. Like, giving him really good advice. And I thought like, so too. It's a you know. It's, it's like it's not reasonable. You can't ask somebody. What does he say? Yeah, somebody you just met after one meeting to drop everything and go fight a war. That may or may not exist. Yeah, so that I think that was all a fair scene, and I enjoyed it. You know, John's like, "Here I am, a northern fool." And it's like, yeah, pretty much. And I like the following scene where Tyrion is uh, trying to do the same. You know, he, that's this is what I like, t- this feels like. This is what Tyrion is best at, and he's bad at his best again. Is mediating and he's a playing diplomat. everyone and figuring out solutions, uh, which he wasn't doing a lot of last season. He was just making a load of stupid mistakes because he was out of his depth. Uh, but now he's back in. In um, Westeros, he knows what he's doing. He knows the players, and he negotiated a perfect deal here. It's like John wants Dragonglass. You've got Dragonglass. You don't care about Dragonglass. Let him have the Dragonglass. She, he says, "Give him something by giving him nothing." Um, and I so, love. And, uh, and she says, "What do you reckon about him? Them saying he'd been stabbed in the heart." And he's like, "Oh, never mind that. Allow them their flights of fancy. It's dreary in the north." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. And I liked the, the line he had. Um, uh, I don't remember what he said to her, uh, but he, he said some old, some old phrase, and she goes, "Who said that?" I don't remember. And she said, "Are you trying to present your own words as ancient wisdom?" <laughs> but he says, "Well, not to you." I wouldn't do that. Yeah. To you. And then the next scene is John and Daenerys, which I liked just two of them alone. Because first of all, I was like, they're so gobsmackingly beautiful together. And um, though people have told me my theory of them hooking up is not right at all, um, that's fine. And Wait, then who, who do you think is going to hook up? I had thought John and Daenerys were going to hook up, but everyone tells me that's not happening because they're related. Well, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, they're just stunningly beautiful and they're admiring the dragons. 
and she's like, I will allow you to mine dragon glass and give you resources. And John just stands there with a fucking miserable face again and goes, so you believe me? And she just doesn't answer the question. She's like, be gone. You really believe me? <laughs> so John he actually, people to believe. he just runs, which I quite enjoyed. He's literally running to mind it. Do you know what John is like? He's like the, um, he's like every child in every sort of 80s monster movie uh, who's witnessed the monster firsthand and is running through the streets but nobody believes him <laughs> nobody cares he's a child. Yeah, they're like yeah. shut up John <laughs> and then the last scene with these guys was really good was back in the war room um, and she's saying I'm just going to kill Euron with my dragon and people are like you can't do that you can't you know sacrifice you know put your life at risk it's only you and the three dragons you can still be killed she's like oh I am Khaleesi and then um, they're talking about cast- what's it called Castle Casterly Rock Casterly Rock so here we get this uh, we get one of these classic uh, scenes that used to get a lot like in movies like Ocean's Eleven which is when somebody uh, narrates what's going to happen you narrate the plan and then you see the plan I enjoyed that out. actually I wouldn't criticize uh, it yeah but it's a very old and tried and true technique um, so you get sort of Tyrion narrating exactly what's going to happen going to be tough to get in and then we see we see them getting killed by the wall uh, it's an impenetrable fortress but hey uh, I built the sewers I bitches. built the sewers basically <laughs> I, like, I really liked his line though because uh, his father wouldn't have built the sewers because I was beneath him so I he really found someone it. perfect for the job and he managed to bring Me. his own height into it as well I'm a low person so I deal in low places but this like. was this was essentially a heist yeah. that's exactly how a heist movie so that ended really enjoyably is. and we're like okay they're going to win this battle to be continued now we're going to Winterfell with Sansa Littlefinger and she is so I regal I find my notes in the she's literally here. wandering around like a queen just saying there's not enough food for winter that armour isn't made with leather and Littlefinger's like command suits you in his really creepy way again <laughs> and then he says nobody knows you. Cersei like I do um, she's very dangerous and she's like thank you for your wise counsel lol because she killed my mom, my dad and my brother so I don't need your help <laughs> she's completely burned I thought he gave her great advice here though which was fight every battle everywhere in your mind and then nothing will surprise you like yeah. expect anything to happen from anywhere everyone is your enemy everyone is your friend think of every possible outcome and scenario he's like including like, me murdering you at any but point but actually he's completely right and that's how you survive in, in Westeros and it's how he survived and he is one of the most successful characters in this series because he knows exactly how this world works yeah it was um, good advice cynical but good and then surprise Bran shows up we were both like what we this forgot about is Bran the only time I've ever been happy to see Bran <laughs> I know <laughs> uh, but, but then he ruined it with his no, but being I cried so serious. when they were reunited even Did though I'd you? forgotten about him and don't care about him yeah I thought no, it was really nice I thought well Sansa had the correct emotion but Bran's all like I'm a three-eyed raven now and don't have time for your petty games and, and then, she's like your lord of Winterfell and I almost thought she was a bit pleased about it like she wants Jon to be usurped Oh, maybe. Yeah, but he, like, no, no. I'm well, that's because her and John are unable to have a proper meeting <laughs> yeah. or, like, talk about Plus things. Plus, she knows that. she could push Bran around if he was king. Like, she'd probably have a lot more power. So, yeah. You literally push him around. He literally was he. just like, and then this got really weird. So, he's being a complete drag, right? They're, they haven't seen each other since season one. Am I right? Yeah. And, he's and all then right. he starts going. So, she's like, oh, what have you been up to <laughs> in the last six seasons? Oh, and he's like, oh, He's you like, know, well, I skipped a whole season. Didn't do a lot. Uh, managed to fuck up uh, absolutely everything. Uh, got the three-eyed raven killed. Oh, Hodor died. Remember him? And yeah, then he's that was like, my fault. Oh, this um, is such a beautiful evening, much like your wedding night. 
this was that was the so creepiest gross. fucking thing. Yeah. What was he on about? You look so beautiful. Like, it's like you've you've experienced some some really hard things. I'm sorry that that happened to happen to you. Remember your wedding night? Uh, yeah, remember like, no, when you were ma- murdered, her. you were raped by a horrible monster. Couldn't you make the point that you can see everything everywhere that ever happened in a better way be than like, reminding her? I'm proud her. of you and John how you conducted yourself or something. Yeah, <laughs> don't remind her of one of the most horrible moments of her entire life. Yeah. And then twinge it with something like, say, oh, you look nice though. Oh, like, don't worry about that horrible experience you have. But you know what? The pictures will look really good. And then she just rightfully storms off. And that was the end of that. And then we get to... Yeah, Bran is just a robot. Yeah, he, I hate Bran. But do you know the theory? There's a the quick one. There's a, there is a theory out there that, that I read that... Um, do you remember Bran uh, in last season had a vision of the Night King and the White Walkers and that and the, he touched him in the vision. And then um, when Bran woke up, he had a mark on him. And that was when the White Walkers were able to attack the oh, area yeah. with the Three-Eyed Raven. So the theory is that he carries a, a brand now, the Bran brand, <laughs> the which brand allows brand. the White Walkers to a- a- penetrate the magic. He's like one one, he's Bran because Bran. That, that <laughs> because that area was protected by magic. Do you know what other area is protected by magic? What? The wall, uh, which Bran has now crossed through. So potentially Bran has really just excited allowed the White Walkers access through the White Wall. So again... Everything is going to be Bran's fault. So okay, good. I like that theory. Um, and then finally, we're going to have to, we get How to Jorah. We have enough time to cover Jorah, the Maester, and Sam, and then we're going to have to take a break and record the rest after work. Um, so they're like, oh, in the library, in the like room that Jorah had been locked up in, the infection is no it's longer a active. Um, that was quite a fun scene, actually. Well, I'm glad to see it was worth it. All that horrific pain and suffering from last year. Like, and they played it well. Like, obviously, Jim Broadbent's amazing, but he's like, oh, um, so almost as if you had treatment. And Jorah's like, it's the climate and the rest, I guess. And <laughs> yeah, then they're all kind that. of like, hmm. <laughs> and then um, Jim Broadbent's like to Sam, right, I'll see you later in my study. And then um, Jorah becomes a complete creep again. And we did reference in last week's episode that he had been writing to Khaleesi when he thought he was dying. We found that letter online in his HBO episode archive. We put it on our Facebook and Instagram. And he's just a creep, basically. Yeah, go have a look. The it's first exactly thing he says to think. Sam is, I still oh, love you. oh, my life to Dana- um, Daenerys. Oh, and you as well, of course. Sorry, I keep calling her Cersei. I get their names mixed up. And Sam, uh, Sam shook his hand, which is a brave move. Would you shake his hand? I probably, I probably wouldn't have. I'd be like, okay, I think we probably got rid of this infection, but I'm not going to take that chance. Yeah, you're not going to risk it. I've got a small child at home and a wife <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that I should be, you and, know. And you know, this entire about. citadel, which I also just put at risk, which is what uh, Jim Broadbent mentions when he uh, chews him out. And then I can only but assume that George just hops, skips, and jumps out of there to get home to the love of his life, who has completely forgotten he ever existed. I did, yeah, doesn't give a shit about him. I did enjoy Sam's uh, sort of explanation for how he did it. I, uh, I read the books and I followed the instructions. I know, I really enjoyed that scene. So he's with the maester and you know the maester's not really going to tell him off even though they set it up like that. No, but I like that he didn't get him, let him get away with it. He still had to have a punishment because he broke them rules. Yeah, and All he right, says you should be proud. Come on, we got um, like less than five minutes. I think we can just wrap this up. Um, so the big... Wrap this up? Are you kidding me? Go through the entire Cersei plot in five minutes. Oh, we've got to talk about the Cersei the plot. The entire Cersei and Jamie and Elena plot. Oh my God. We have to okay, wait till after work. No, come on, we can do this. We can't. Um, Dave we can it's a waste alright so we gotta go to work now uh, we didn't get time to cover everything we so. didn't get time to cover the second or equally biggest plot of the of the whole episode which is Cersei, Jamie, and Elena and all the Dorn stuff 
and all of the Iron Island stuff. So I think so we that's need to all wait. to come. And part two <laughs> yes. of Mile of Thrones. Yes. I'll put it some sort of dramatic transition music in right now. Okay. And we are back and several hours have passed. This is essentially like when a raven leaves for somewhere and then arrives in the next scene. <laughs> because for the listeners, no time at all has passed. No. But we just had a whole day. I mean, this is horrific. Like, work. we began our day at, at 6 a.m. with Game of Thrones. It's now 10 p.m. We're ending it with Game of Thrones. It's 10 p.m. It's entirely Jay's fault for going out after work. We're exhausted. Um, and now we have to try and remember this episode that we saw. No, because I was at home 14 waiting. 14 hours ago. Because I was at home waiting for you. I've And we only had all the. Um, the Cersei plot left. I just rewatched all the scenes. You rewatched them? Yeah. Cause oh, you have an advantage on me. I then. couldn't remember it. I'd already forgotten the entire thing. <laughs> you have the worst. Yeah, well, it's because, well, the premise this. of our podcast is immediate reactions, and I don't yeah, have the memory for non immediate reactions. Far from immediate. Yeah. Are you trying to imply that our podcast has ruined your long term memory? Kathy, you were always bad for no, remembering No, Our podcast just suits me because I have your bad memory. Um, anyway, come on, right, we need to talk, get through this. Yeah, let's go to bed. So, first of all, this plot that we've left to last, and I'm glad we did because there's a lot, is essentially the Queen's Justice of the episode title, I would imagine. Yeah, so it starts with uh, the first sort of line of this plot is a direct follow on from the last episode where we, we see Theon being pulled out of the, the cowardly waters when he <laughs> literally jumped ship. Yeah. Um, I was talking to somebody at work today. Actually, this is you get some. Do we? Some things have happened since this morning. We've way more context. I mean, I've watched it twice now. So uh, I was talking to somebody. Um, shout out to Tom uh, at work. Uh, he said that he read the episode for synopsis for episode two. I saw spoiler, and it was that Theon jumps ship. Um, and he thought, oh my God, he's going to swap sides. He's going to be different. <laughs> it was just no, he literally jumped him. Um, and um, then uh, they say, you know, did you not try and help your sister? And he's like, oh, of course I did. And they're like, you wouldn't be here if you had tried. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they got yeah. him dead to rights. Um, um, then we cut to Euron, Euron and his prisoners marching them through King's Landing. This and, was felt um, like a real throwback to the shame scene. It really did feel like that. And I have to interject here with someone that I work with, who I spoke to today, Fiona. Um, who's read the books and told me that we should have someone who read the books on the podcast <laughs> and she said um, she's trying to angle on for a spot well I told her she's welcome Fiona, to come over at 6am told her she's welcome to come over at 6am and hang out with us if she wants um, so basically she said you know in the last episode we were talking about how quietly Euron's ships had all come in and suddenly they were attacking them out of nowhere mm-hmm. she was saying that's because in the books Euron is so stealth ships m- mad and evil that he actually cuts all of his crew's tongues out so they can neither make noise or dissent against him because no one can speak to each other. Oh, wow. Yeah, so really dark shit from him in the books. That's so I thought it was really detail. interesting. Um, and so this scene, as we said, is like the shame scene. He's taking the queen of the, like his niece. What was she? The queen of the Iron Islands and then the queen of Dorne and her I daughter. her name. And he's dragging them through the, the sand streets. snakes, yeah. And he's dragging them through the streets. And I just thought, well, these townspeople just throw shit at anyone like it, no matter who's being brought through the streets they will throw anything at them <laughs> just, yeah, just I mad. just watched it again with more interest like looking at the extras and I was like what are they doing but a few seasons ago we had um, Natalie Dormer's character Marjorie uh, when she was queen when she married Joffrey she was going around the streets and the people were poor and she was handing them things so they're just chucking away their veg <laughs> yeah just like they're just like 
you got to hang on to this stuff. If you're poor and starving, that stuff is valuable. It's Don't be really throwing weird. it at the sand snakes. And what's oh, I've got another little incidental thing that I learned in the interim um, of us being away today. Um, so I met up with, uh, tonight, what I was doing was I met up with Kobe um, from the Flix Watcher podcast. And he <laughs> pointed out to me that uh, one of the sand snakes is one of the lead characters of, from Iron Fist, the martial arts instructor, uh, who was very good in that. Oh, because they're all terrible in this. Yeah, I know. But actually, she's very, she was very good in Iron Fist. But yeah, the Sand Snake actresses aren't good. They're terrible. And then I just thought this was this was a strange line from the mad uncle. He said to somebody, did you see Theon's face? What a twat. Now, that feels like very modern language to me. Is twat. That, yeah, do they use that word in Grave of Thrones? Um, I, it's the first time I've ever heard it. Yeah, I just thought it felt really It's a bit Del Boy, isn't it? Yeah, and like I just felt like, okay... You plonker. Like, we've you just seen... Theon. From Theon's perspective, him being dragged out of the water. But as we know, time moves strangely in Game of Thrones. Now, Euron hasn't just gotten out of the water, like where he would just be relaying what happened with Theon. Like That Theon thing's happened a while ago to him. So why is he walking around talking about what a twat Theon is? It felt like a bit too on yeah, the nose for our, for us. I, I mean, just didn't ring very true. I think Weiss and Benioff tried to address this last season because a lot of people were asking about these kind of things. And they said that not all the plots are happening at the same time. So while we're experiencing things uh, in a linear sense, that's not necessarily they're not happening. At yeah, because the well, there's no way because he had to yeah. get from the ocean exactly. to King's Landing. Whereas Theon probably wasn't in the water that entire time. Though I know they were close to King's Landing because they were coming. They were quite. They were close. coming. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I just thought that was weird. And then it cuts to the throne room where all these people end up with the mountain and Cersei and Jaime. Um, and he I just watched this again and it's just so enjoyable like Lena Haiti is just like out of control amazing in this episode yeah, she's really good yeah and he's like I give you what no other man can give you justice for your murdered daughter and then I was like oh I forgot that the Doran woman had murdered yeah, her daughter because yeah. so much has happened in the show that I had forgotten that so that obviously now the Queen's Justice is coming in here and there's a great little moment before we get to the Queen's Justice there's a great uh, little uh, ban- bit of banter between Euron and Jamie when they get announced as the uh, the new heads of the navy and the army and Euron is just nasty as all hell to him oh my god he's disgusting because Cersei says you should have what your heart desires when the war is won implying she'll marry him now I'd be very surprised if she married him because yeah or why would if the she? war will be won if the war is won then why would she will. marry him because she doesn't need a ships anymore yeah. um, so anyway doubt it even though Lannisters claim to always pay the debt and then he says to Jamie, I need some advice from you does she like it gentle or rough or a finger in the bum? And we actually gasped out, out of that. Like, that's yeah. shocking. But the way, if you watch that, the expression on that actor's face when he delivered <laughs> that, he is like, he is reveling in it. Like, and Jamie's like, Jamie's face just goes like, what? Jamie's reeling because Jamie genuinely loves Cersei and thinks she's like such a lady. <laughs> yeah, it was just nasty stuff. Yeah, it was really funny though. Like, like to properly, for us to laugh out loud and gasp at the same time. So then let's get to the Queen's Justice. This yes. was, uh, like, we've kind of seen stuff like this from Cersei before when she finally got that shame lady with the bell. And do you remember she left her in with the mountain? Like, yeah. I probably don't remember this. because No, I do remember that. Uh, but um, what's interesting about that scene was, from Cersei's perspective, I was actually rooting for her because what had happened to her had been so horrific. In this instance, this is all just terrible because she... Yeah, but they murdered her daughter. Yeah, but... Unnecessarily. Not, but, yeah, but 
Cersei had also murdered her husband or been part of her husband being killed. And well, there, it, it's all just tit for tat back and forth because she was trying to get her own brother killed. And Oberyn kind of got himself killed. Yeah, but she was trying to kill her own brother. Then her brother got Oberyn to defend, to fight for him. Then her mountain killed Oberyn. Then your one killed her daughter. Like, it's all tit for tat. No. And it's so interesting because it's the exact opposite of John and Daenerys' plot where they're both saying, we don't punish people for the sins of their fathers. These two women are directly punishing each other's daughters. For their own sins. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I only got that on the second watching. Um, see, see the added insight you <laughs> yeah. get from uh, Game like, of Thrones this after is dark. Really, like, actually, really interesting as a contrast between the two characters. And like, she's just saying awful things, like, "Ooh, I can still hear the sound of Oban's skull breaking when oh, I close my nasty, eyes." Nasty. And then she says, "Why did you take my daughter from me?" It's like, well, why do you think? Because you're a horrible, horrible person. <laughs> But the uh, the punishment that she concocts is quite horrible. So the, it's the you know there's a poetic justice to it. She does it uh, in the exact same poison that she, that was used on her daughter. Did you notice before it happened that the door and sand daughter looked really confused? And I was like, what part of this aren't you getting? Like you're going to die. Yeah, she was. Well, I think they're, they're just bad actors. Yeah, I um, like that you're whispering that in case they're listening. But I'm the, sorry. I thought the Queen of Dorne did quite a good job actually normally I, I'm not her biggest fan but I thought she acted that scene really well like she looked so traumatised oh so horrifying yeah and she's all um, gagged and everything oh but like oh god it was hor- such a horrible fate like just to sit there and watch your your daughter and Cersei rot. says I don't sleep very well I lie in bed thinking of ways to kill my enemies <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's mental you. I mean that's what I do as well I, yeah, don't, I don't know did you know that about me I didn't know that yeah, no that's, I'm just, that's why I've been waking up so so often and so it's called the long farewell. I mean, that in itself is a horrific name for a poison. I don't want her to miss a thing. Yeah. Did when she said that? Did you think of the um, Aerosmith song? No. I don't want to close my eyes. They wouldn't even let her close her eyes. I say. Don't want to fall. And she says asleep. we will change the torches and keep you fed, like basically. And you're gonna sit here and watch your daughter rot. That's a fate worse than death. That is horrific. And like this the episode title is just like so sublimely clear at this moment. And I just thought it was such an interesting scene, contrasted it with with the other two. <laughs> Who were like, you know, all forgiving of each other. She was not gonna miss the thing. No, so that was like quite horrific. And the daughter's going, Mother It's like, Look, honey, you're dead. Like don't even like what are you doing? Anyway, let's let's wrap this up because we we've no time limit. We've no time limit. We've no train to, to get to. to. We're just sitting um, on the Jamie and Cersei. So initially, when it cut to them in the bed chambers, I thought, oh, Jamie's reluctant, and then I was like, oh no, wait a minute, Jamie. You finally got your reluctant. wish. You've been you've been wondering for the last three episodes whether they're boning or not. Well, I've just been curious because they've not made it clear, and then in this episode, it was made very clear. And really interestingly, when he that she's so emboldened now by what she did yesterday and the kind of win with Euron. And what she did to the Queen of Dorne, that she um, she opens the door with Jamie like naked in her bed, yeah. and then she says, "We'll need fresh sheets for the bed," which is like pretty saucy thing to say. And he's like, you know, maybe we shouldn't let everyone know this uh, horrible secret that is the worst kept secret in King's yeah, Landing. In this move, yeah. in this episode, two separate people tell Jamie, say to Jamie, just casually about Joffrey being his son. Yeah, sure. The whole the, everyone knew. Oh no, one person, Elena, says it about Joffrey being his son, but um, like even like. You're on Greyjoy is like, oh yeah, I know you shag your sister. Like everyone knows. But sure, it was the talk of what like, he's been exile of like for twenty years. Like, how did he know? The gossip ravens were going all around. They were it? going, and then this the next. Do you think scene, they have like tabloid ravens? 
Like well, I like, think it's all about Jamie and like Cersei. The Daily Mail of Ravens. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, and then it cuts to the bank where um, we learn that Cersei is in considerable debt and she says, but a Lannister always pays their debt. It's pretty much the gist of the scene, isn't it? I mean, that's how I deal with our mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yep, yeah, a Corkery always pays his debt. Yeah, and they're and like, like, oh, oh she's okay, like, says something like, it. give me three weeks to sort it out. And he's like, okay, you're your father's daughter. And then we know. I like. I like his. I love how he described uh, what Daenerys had done in Marine as yes, the slave trade has taken a downturn. Yeah, I did enjoy <laughs> that. Um, and then we cut to Jamie and the soldiers, and this is where we learn, which is really interesting, that yet again, two episodes in a row, Tyrion has given Cersei or not Cersei, um, Daenerys, really bad advice. Tyrion presumes to know what his siblings are going to do and yes. they know what he is thinking and they completely outsmart him. Well, hang on. Did, I don't think it was that Jamie knew what Tyrion was going to do. Did he say that? I think no, I just think they, I think they predicted they that predicted Tyrion would have opting. sent... Yeah, yeah they true. predicted that Tyrion would have sent the troops to, to that place. And I thought it was interesting how he just said that he learned from Rob Stark. Yeah, you know he learned from what Rob Stark's maneuver. And did you notice when they um, so the when Jamie and the soldiers you know land and Elaine is looking down at them and we have that shot of Jamie walking up. I only noticed this the second time. Jamie walks past a load of soldiers who have who just have buckets and buckets of gold. So they're basically in one foul swoop getting to Elena's place, killing her for betraying them and taking all her gold. So they will pay the debt to the bank. <coughs> well, that was this, essentially Cersei knew that. That's what she said. Stick around. Be my guest. Be yeah. my guest for two weeks. <laughs> and she said, and uh, I didn't notice money. the money the first time because I was too busy, like being so excited by the whole thing. <coughs> but I just think yeah, Tyrion's done a pretty bad job now. This is two weeks in a row. He's done serious damage. Yeah, good point. I mean, it seemed like a slam dunk. Uh, Daenerys getting over here with the dragons and all these armies. Yeah. But but, uh, they've really turned it around I mean yes yeah, Cersei's just really brought her A game hasn't she and we saw that Sam's dad was with Jamie, so he's he's agreed to, to work with the Lancers yes Randall's as well. Randall's with them now um, and we have to talk about the best scene the best in scene the in the whole episode yeah Sayonara, I just watched it again with relish Diana Rigg because she was outstanding in this whole this, throughout this whole series she, I think she's my absolute favourite character she's amazing she's just delivered such brilliant venomous was she ever a queen because I was wondering if Queen's Justice could refer to her as well uh, good question I don't think so okay yeah. I mean look I guess ask, she was mother to the queen or grandmother to the queen work friend Fiona the <laughs> yeah. book reader um, but yeah this was amazing and I just love when Jamie says um, ca- ca- what's it called sorry I keep forgetting Castlery Rock Casterly Rock Caster- I can't read my own handwriting Castlery Rock isn't worth much anymore um, yeah no big deal and he just kind of, you know, says like all the ships, all the ships have been burnt anyway of of Daenerys's crew that all went there. Yeah, which we saw. I didn't think they made that explicitly clear. But um, in the last scene with Grey Worm, we see him looking out over the castle walls and there's fireballs being thrown at, at his ships. And uh, it looks like it's Euron Greyjoy's flagship because it's a very distinct uh, boat with sort of a three giant sails and lots of tongueless men it appears so I think he's there's another example he's back he just went from like he destroyed destroyed one fleet but Elena might be very near King's Landing I don't know that do you look my geography is not great here but uh, but it was a nice exposition scene normally I don't like exposition scenes but I appreciated um, Jamie saying you know I I learn lessons from failures too and I learned this and that from Rob Stark because that's not stuff I remember and I thought that was really interesting 
But Olena is the queen of the put down, and she put him down while she was like, "Well, firstly, she said, is that enough. Joffrey's sword?' He really was a little cunt, wasn't he?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so Jamie's good. like, "Mm-hmm." And then she's like, "Your sister has done things I'm not capable of imagining. She's a monster. She'll be the end of you. She's a disease. I regret my role in spreading it." Um. And then Jamie's just like, mm-hmm, yeah, I know. And then he's like... But then the best bit happens. But he says, Sir, he says, these are all the things Cersei wanted to do to you. She wanted to flay you. She wanted to hang you. She wanted to do all these things. Oh, she's vicious. But but he's really nice. And he's like, I've just got you this painless poison. Jamie is really nice. And then... At, at, for all his flaws, and he's clearly sided with the wrong person. And he's sticking with her. He makes that very clear. Well, I mean, she is his lover and twin. But he gave, a, he gave her a quick death... Well, I love how she just like grabbed it because she was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, she guzzled it because <laughs> she, she like, knew if oh. he found... she, she Oh, knew. she wouldn't have got that death after what she wanted to say. I um, mean, so basically... So good. So good. She just basically waits till she's drunk at all and then says, oh, your son. So she's also like, I know you're shagging. Your son Joffrey, he had a horrible death, didn't he? And then what did she say? I really enjoyed watching it. She basically said, it. guess what? I killed Joffrey, um, but did it in the most badass way. Yeah. Like, she's like, no, she's going to die. And he's like really annoyed. He's given her this perfect, lovely poison. And she even says, even though I poisoned him, like I still thought it was horrible to watch. <laughs> I was wondering how you would have felt. And then she's, she's like, so tell good. Cersei it was me. Would you? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Great episode. Yeah, really great. Really good episode. Now we've been talking for a while. We've so been talking for too long. Let's go to bed. Um... But yeah, so overall, I think I would say one of the better episodes of Game of Thrones I've ever seen. And I think there was a lot. I don't know if I would like put it up there in the pantheon of like great moments because the show has had so many. But But not so much as great moments, but as as an overall propelling of the plot. It was so effective. Massively doing the job. But they have to, don't they? There's only seven here. They're just, they're, they're Yeah, it just shows what they can do when they pick up the pace. And it's very impressive. So yeah, good. Um, did we talk about Bran this morning? We did, and like we so both hate ago. him. Okay. Yeah. Um, we established just that. Just to all right. So just to recap, we hate Bran. <laughs> um, okay. Um, let's go to bed. Um, Apologies that this episode's so long. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It's just because we're we're babbling here. Um, let us know who your favorite Game of Thrones character is, and if it is Diana Riggs, Olena Tyrell, because she is awesome. Uh, you can let us know. On Twitter, at The Cinemile. On Facebook, search The Cinemile. On Instagram, at The Cinemile. Or email us, thecinemile at gmail.com. So it's basically just The Cinemile everywhere. There's got to be a better way of saying it. And that. you can subscribe to us at The Cinemile on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> and please leave us a review at The Cinemile. Yeah. And our website is thecinemile.com. Okay, now you're taking the fizz. Dot com. Yeah. Um, okay, thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week for Game of Thrones Season 7 Episode 4 Just making this even longer now Hi, my name is Kay Adams and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help but she is rather amusing and along with some great guests Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling... 
We are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.